This is Rohit Bhargava, author of Personality Not Included, and you're listening to Jay Berkowitz and the 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing Podcast. We have three listener calls, a how-to podcast training session, a live Q&A from Orlando, our first 10 Golden Rules live book review featuring Seth Godin's Meatball Sunday. So whether you're on a train or on a plane, working out or hanging out at your computer, welcome to episode number 22 of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever and whenever this podcast finds you, thank you so much for joining us for episode number 22. If this is your first 10 Golden Rules Internet Marketing Podcast, thanks for giving us a test drive. We cover the tools of internet marketing with great contributions from our listeners and discussions with leading experts such as Craig Newmark, the founder of Craigslist, featured in episode 19, Google's Matt Cutts from episode 16, and Pandora founder Tim Westergren in episode number 4. And don't miss next week, episode number 23. We sat down with Rohith Bagarba, who you heard off the top of the show. He's the author of the number three most popular marketing blog called Influential Marketing and a new book called Personality Not Included. Rohith's extremely sharp. He's a great online marketer, and I know you'll love this upcoming interview. You can subscribe to this podcast for free at iTunes or listen to each show at 10goldenrules.com. Or you can call in our digital recording line any time of the day or night and join in the conversation. We'll be happy to play your question or comment on the show. And the number is 206-888-6606. Record your digital comment. And you can also email it to me, j at 10goldenrules.com. I recently met some podcast listeners. Uh, their names were Nick Klein of MDA Resources, Scott Pooler from All Business Auctions, John Gluckman from Take 5 Solutions. It was so great to meet some of the folks live who listen to this show. So I'm going to continue to share my travel schedule, and hopefully we can meet you if you live close to one of these events or if you're going to be attending one of them. On April 10th, I'll be speaking at the Legal Marketing Association in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, We'll talk about how to create traffic for a legal website. On June 3rd, I'm at the Specialized Information Publishers National Conference in Washington, D.C. And on June 20th, I'm speaking at eBay Live in Chicago. We're going to organize a little dinner before each of those events. So if you're in the area or traveling to these events, please get in touch in advance. We'll set up a nice little marketing meetup dinner, and I look forward to meeting you live and in person. Now let's get to some call-ins. Please stay with us on the show because I'm going to review Seth Godin's incredible book, Meatball Sunday, and we'll get to that just in a little bit. Here's our first call in today. Hey, Jay. Good uh, morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Jeff Hershkowitz calling from New York City Balloons here in beautiful New York. I just wanted to say thank you. I had come across the 10 Golden Rules website doing my own research as a small business owner for uh, any advantage that we can get for internet advertising. And uh, i got to tell you that a lot of the tips, the advice, the guests that you offer on this podcast have been invaluable to us. As a small business owner, it's important for us to get every edge that we can, and I'm utilizing all these tools, whether it be utilizing the links, pinging, proper file names, the list goes on and on, and I really have to thank you in an environment that is sometimes rather murky which internet advertising can be, I really find your information to be educational, honest, straightforward, and really helpful. You can always visit us at www.balloonnyc.com. And appreciate it. I look forward to a future cast. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, my pleasure, Jeff. Thanks so much for taking the time to call in. Next up, Rose Jimenez. Hi, Jay. This is Rose Jimenez. I thank you very much for the opportunity of joining this great community. Today I have a question and also a request. 
I'm going to start with a question. I am an Avon representative, and I have a website. Now, Avon uh, Corporate does not allow any changes to the website whatsoever, so um, I have no control over the site. And I am wondering if, if there's something that I can do that will help me to promote this site. I would really, really love information on that. And uh, also, I have a request for all people that love and care for animals out there, and that is to please check out two websites. One of them is called the Animal Rescue Site. So the address is www.theanimalrescuesite.com. And here, by just clicking once a day, you can donate food to animals that have been rendered unwanted by many. There's about 27 million in our country. So please check out that website. And the other one to check out is the World Society for the Protection of Animals. And the website address is www.wspa-usa.org. And in this website, you can be informed of issues regarding animals all over the world. Just to give you an example, right now in South Korea, the government is trying to recategorize dogs as livestock. And this would actually legalize dog meat trade in South Korea. So... Many times on this website you can sign a petition or if you'd like you would donate money. In any event, I think it's important that we become informed of what is happening to animals all over the world and to try to make a difference. So I thank you very much and I look forward to hearing from you. Bye-bye. Okay, Rose. Well, thanks for the news on the, on the dog information and, and that would be absolutely horrendous in South Korea. So... Um, I'm definitely going to include the links to those websites on the show notes. Um, now, your question is interesting, and it's it's quite um, a, you know a common challenge that a lot of people mention to me. There's a number of people who are in the same position as you. They're either um, you know working under a large umbrella organization, such as their real estate agents or network sellers, and I think there is a great way to develop your own brand online and send traffic to your Avon company website. And my recommendation for you would be to create your own blog. Using blogger.com, you can create a blog that's almost as easy as sending an email. Bloggers owned by Google, so your blog posts will get picked up by the world's most powerful search engine. And then your blog posts can link to your blog, can link to your website at Avon. So develop a routine of doing three or four blog posts a week. Write about your industry, share beauty tips, link to other strong blogs and websites and use your blog to develop a personal subscriber base and then that'll send traffic over to your Avon site. Now once you've got your blog going and you're ranked in the search engines then you can get into some other social media opportunities. You know get networked on sites like LinkedIn and Facebook and then you know through there you can send traffic over to your site but don't don't just be spammy you know really get into that community answer other people's questions and get engaged in the community and another great idea would, would be to de develop a Squidoo site. And Squidoo is the site, of course, founded by Seth Godin, who we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Squidoo is like a mini, mini blog, and you don't have to change that page or update it as frequently. But because it's a page on a highly ranked site, it's going to generate a lot of traffic over to your Avon site. So I hope that's helpful. Um, send me a link to your blog once you get it up, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it in the show and get a link in the show notes. Next up, Bill Heaton. Hi, Jay. My name is Bill Heaton, and I've been listening to your 10 Golden Rules podcast for a while now, and I found a lot of valuable information. I recently read a book called Web Design for ROI, and I wanted to share that with you. Every couple of years, I find a book that I really like and, and possibly changes the way I look at what I do during the day, like designing a website or building an e-commerce site. And this book, Web Design for ROI, features a whole process on conversion optimization that really helps turn my existing site visitors into customers and reducing my bounce rates. And I thought you'd just be interested in a nice read, and I did a 10-minute audio commentary over at my blog and podcast site. That's pixelhandler.com. So come take a look or listen, and keep up the great work. Thanks, Jay. Well, thanks, Bill. That's Bill Heaton from pixelhandler.com. And thanks for the nice, nice comments. I just ordered website design for ROI on Amazon, and I will head over after the show and give your podcast a listen. Next up, 
Let's Have a Smile with Larry Port, and I haven't listened to this one yet. I just dropped in the MP3 file. It's Larry Port with the joke of the week. This is Larry Port from RocketMatter.com with the joke of the week. A man took his pregnant wife to the hospital to give birth. The doctor told them that they'd developed a new machine and asked the couple if they'd like to try it out. The machine could take some of the pain of childbirth from the mother and give it to the father to ease the mother's burden. Well, they thought that was a great idea and decided to give it a try. The doctor initially set the machine on 10%, telling the man that even 10% was probably more pain than he'd ever experienced. But the husband was surprised at how little pain he was feeling and asked the doctor to raise the level. The doctor increased it to 20%. And when the man still felt fine, he raised it to 50 and finally 100%. After it was all over, the man stood up, stretched a little. Both he and his wife felt fine, and they shortly left the hospital to take the baby home. It was then that they found the mailman dead on their doorstep. This is Larry Port from (laughs) RocketMatter.com with the joke of the week. Larry, you are bad. Well, thank you very much for the joke of the week. <laughs> for those of you who listen to us regularly, you'll recall that about a month ago I sent in an audio recording to a great podcast called For Immediate Release. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I won the For Immediate Release listener contest, and the prize was a copy of Shell Holtz and Neville Hobson's great book, How to Do Everything with Podcasting. Now, I had purchased the book several months ago when it first came out, and of course I read it cover to cover, because I'm totally into this podcasting thing. But because I won a copy of the book, I was able to give the prize to Kate Volman. Now, if you've been listening to the show, you know Kate called in, and she's from the local Chamber of Commerce, and she's starting her own podcast for the Chamber. So I passed the book on to Kate, and as well, Kate's asked me a few different questions about how to podcast. So I said, why don't you come into the office will record the coaching session and all of your questions about how to podcast because a lot of you out there I know are are interested in starting your own podcast. So here's my coaching session with Kate Fullman on how to podcast. Kate, welcome back. And I know you've been doing your homework and you're ready to start your podcast. How's it going? It is going well so far. It's a little overwhelming, so it's great to kind of have you as my teacher going through this. Cause <laughs> my it gets, pleasure. It's very, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on with these podcasts. Oh, and you, you have your homework, too, because congratulations, you got the book from Shella Neville. I did. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And thanks to Shella Neville from For Immediate Release. So you had a few questions. Let's just run through it, and, and I'll answer it for everybody else. And hopefully, if somebody else out there is thinking of starting a podcast, they can virtually take this course with you. Yes, which is very going to be very helpful. I'm very excited. Well, I, I, I did get my audio recorder. And, and you got, let me see. Oh, here it is. You've got the M-Audio Microtrack. I did. It's fantastic. And I, I understand it. I forgot to tell you something really important, right? Yes. Yes, you did forget to tell so me that. So if you're going to go for the M-Audio Microtrack, the recorder that I use, that we're using right now, the one that we use at events, the one I recorded, the live beach cast, if you've listened to the show, the M-Audio Microtrack comes with a really small card, a memory card. And I bought a 4 gig, 4 GB, 4 gigabit me- memory card. So that gives you a lot more time. You know, you could actually do a whole day of recording at a, at a trade show or something like that. So you got your card and you're ready to go. Yep. I got my Great. card. I'm ready to go. Okay. And um, yeah, I need to kind of do some formatting apparently. Didn't know that was going to happen for the recorder. And then I also got Cast Blaster. All right. And I did my little demo. You watched so the demo. I watched the demo. Yeah. So Cast Blaster is the software that I use to record. And I, I recommend to everybody, there's a video demo on the Cast Blaster site. Just go to castblaster.com. And there's a video demo there. And watch it. And he walks you through how to set up your Cast Blaster, how to do a recording, how to save a podcast, how to send a podcast to iTunes once it's produced. It's really simple. And you know, I watched it four or five times, but it, once you do it, you know how to become a podcaster. So you might have one or two more viewings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you make it sound so easy, Jay. Yeah. So I watched that, and then uh, now it's kind of like I feel like I'm set up, but what's the next steps, and, and what should my show entail, and how long should it be, and then, of course, just okay, let me take Let it. me take the length, because that's right. a really good uh, – people always ask that question. I think there's two types of, of lengths. You either do a podcast that's like 10 minutes – 
and you do a lot of them and it's frequent and it's tight and it's short little bits of information. Or you do like a 30, 40, 50 minute show, which is where we're sort of getting to these days. And I think the way you answer that question is by how much content you have. And if you just want to tell people about upcoming chamber events and do a quick little two minute interview and get out, it's a lot easier, trust me, it'll be a lot less time for you. But if you really want to do a lot of really good content, if you're going to go out and interview chamber members and make it a 20, 30 minute interview, like we're interviewing some of the great internet marketing brains that I meet, at trade shows and stuff like that, and each interview is 15 or 20 minutes, and you want to play a song at the end, which you're going to do, right, which is okay. about five minutes, you want to do a little intro, you want to talk about upcoming events, I mean, that's going to be a 20 or 30 minute show just right off the top. So it sounds like that's probably where you're going to end up. But you know what, you're going to do your first one, you're going to play with it, and you can always evolve it over time. You can make it less or make it more. And, and you're going to do the music, right? Yes, absolutely. I like that piece. So I recommend going to the Podsafe Music Network. You can find that at music.podshow.com or just ser search for Podsafe Music Network. And there's this amazing site that's been put together by Adam Curry, the podfather. We pause and recognize <laughs> the podfather. The former long-haired MTV VJ Adam Curry invented podcasting around the same time somebody else did. But he's gone and produced a lot of really great developments, including I think he's involved in Cast Blaster. And he's created this great network where young independent artists can put their music up on the Podsafe Music Network. And it's available free of charge, rights-free for us podcasters to use and play and share with our community. So if you go to the Podsafe Music Network, you can search by, by type of music, search by rock, search by, I, we were listening to some reggae tracks, or you can put in a keyword. I put in the keyword 10, and I found some songs with the number 10 in it, and I used that in the podcast. Or you can search for ambient music and just find some background music to use on your intro and your extra if you're going to have a little bumper to promote your show. Okay, fantastic. The, the only other thing, and we were kind of just chatting about before is editing and Cats Blaster and I guess how long did it really take you to get used to the editing process and it just seems a little more confusing on when I was doing it myself rather than when I sit here and you make it look so easy. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do my editing in a software called Audacity and Audacity is A-U-D-I-C-I-T-Y I think dot com. It's available for free and I think it came with either Cast Blaster or the M-Audio when I bought it but it, it is available free out there and it's a really simple editing software. You just download a file like from interview into Audacity, and then you can take out all the ums and ahs and breaks and long pauses. It's really simple. It's like cut, and if if you don't, and then you play it again, and if you don't like how it sounds, you do paste and you, you know or undo cut, and you leave your edit back in there. So it does take a little bit of playing around, but we'll play around with, with it a little bit now, and I'm sure you'll be ready to go by the time you get back to your computer. Fantastic! Looking forward to it. I think that's it for this little session, and we're gonna do you know, probably two or three, four more of these. And we're going to listen and learn with Kate as she's doing her first podcast for the Chamber of Commerce. So thanks for doing this, Kate, and a pleasure to have you a part of the show. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Kate. Thanks for doing that. And if anyone's interested in podcasting, definitely pick up the book. Um, how to do everything with podcasting and listen to our episode number 13 where we did a live presentation called the 10 golden rules of launching and promoting a new podcast and we covered everything about podcasting and all the software and hardware considerations so recently i was invited to orlando and i spoke to a group of ebay sellers and the event was coordinated by debbie levitt and rocket boom and they're planning another event coming up in vegas later this year so check out rocketboom.com at the event, I recorded the question and answer portion of my presentation. I think I included the wrap-up as, as I was wrapping up my presentation and the Q&A session. So let's go to the live Q&A session from Rocket Boom's eBay conference in Orlando. Join the conversation. How can you engage with other people in, in that, in that two-way conversation? Go out and comment on other people's blogs. Sign up with me and Scott to follow us on Twitter. Just get a feel for what's going on in this virtual community. When, you go on twitter.com slash jberkowitz, you're going to see all the other people I'm following and click on their profile, go to their websites, and look at the, when you click on their profile, you're going to see their Twitter tweets. You're going to find people who are doing interesting stuff. You can even Google search eBay and Twitter and you're going to find people who are in the eBay community who are on Twitter. And when you find some of the people in the room, like I'm sure Scott's following a bunch of people who are eBay pros, and you, you can click to follow them. It's free, it's easy, and if they're going to see an email that says you signed up with them, 
and they're going to choose whether or not to follow you. But that's not important. What I use it for is to follow them. Speaking opportunities, I'm happy to do this for any groups or associations you're a member of. Be my friend. I'd love you to sign up with me on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, and that's how Scott and I met. And also call into the podcast. If you don't get a chance to ask a question today or you think of something later, we have this real virtual community we've created on the podcast where people call in questions and we record the call with an automated tool called K7. So you can call anytime, 24-7. It's a virtual answering machine and it digitizes your call and emails me an MP3. So with that, let's go to some live Q&A. Okay, it's Harvey Levine, uh, General Enterprises, eBay Store General Ent, and ClickTix, C-L-I-C-K-T-I-X. My question is, on using generated content, if I take some of that to use it, to send out, can I put any links in there, or is that plagiarizing? Or do I have, can I change words, or how does that work? Typically, copywriting on the Internet, the term copywriting is two words. <laughs> you know, you can copy and paste stuff, but you really want to accredit the source. I mean, obviously, you can't take information off the New York Times and copy it and paste it. But typically, what we'll do in blogs is we might copy a paragraph, put it in italics, and reference the source and link to the source. Everybody's happy to get links. So typically you can repurpose content by quoting a paragraph or so, attributing the source and linking to the source. But you can't just, you know, you can't just go copy a whole bunch of comments from MySpace or Facebook and paste them onto your site. Because it's very easy, by the way, as well. If you create unique content, copy a paragraph of your content and paste it into Google and do a search, and you'll find out if people are ripping off your content. Because instantaneously through Google, you can do copyright checks on the Internet. Could take pieces and bytes from it and change it around, add my content to it, and still have some of that without worrying about it. Yeah, I mean, look, you can take people's insights. You can take content and rewrite it as your own content. I'm not a copyright lawyer, so please, if you're on New York Times, be careful of what you're doing. But Marcia Cooper, GeneralEnterprises.net. I'm an education specialist, a certified business consultant, power seller and everything eBay. Uh, We are now going and branching out. We're going to all the things that you're talking about, but we're also running a business at the same time. It seems like it will take amazing amount of hours in order to get started on doing the things that you've suggested today. How much time does it really take to start? I think the best recommendation I can give you is, is follow your passion. Pick one of the things we talked about today. Pick a blog or Go on Facebook, create a profile. Everyone at this conference you got a business card from, put them in your Outlook, first of all, so you have that contact securely stored. And then see if they're on Facebook and connect things, Twitter or Facebook. And try one of the things. Don't, you know, we gave you 10 or 12, 15 different ideas today. Try one of the things. If, if, you, have, if you have a website, try search optimizing your website. You're going to get a lot of bang for your buck. And that's really just about writing articles. It's about doing a keyword search, finding two or three keyword phrases, writing an article around those keyword phrases, and make it really, really good, really, really smart, really insightful, something that your prospects or customers or would want to read or just other people in the community. And, you know, you're going to get some links to that article. People are going to link to it because it's really, really good. You're going to send it out to your list of prospects as well, so it becomes a virtual e-newsletter. And you can take that article and repurpose it as a web-optimized press release and send it out using PR Web for just $80.00. And so you take the same amount of effort. You created a newsletter article. You put it on your website. You send it out as a web-optimized press release. You're going to get links to it. And the same same effort is stretched into three or four different tactics to drive traffic to your website. (laughs) Nick Klein, um, mdaresource.com. We do eBay consignment mostly. And I love the podcast, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Article submission. Do you just use PR web? You you don't recommend, like, all the ridiculously long amount of e-sign sites that have been created in Article University and all that kind of stuff. Does that do anything, or does Google just ignore that stuff? No, that's a really great suggestion. I mentioned earlier you could write an article. You could put that article on your website. You could email it out to your list of prospects as an e-newsletter, and you could repurpose that article as a PR web press release, write it in PR format. Another great suggestion, that's a really great idea, is easing articles is the top article submission site by a pretty wide margin. I think it's in the top 600 websites in the world on Amazon, ezinearticles.com. And you go there and you put your article and you make it available for anybody else to list it on their website. And as we talked about earlier, everyone's looking for content and free, relevant content's the best kind of content. 
When you add your article to your website, make sure you add it to your website first because you want Google to see it first on your website. Okay? Then when you put it on eZine articles and other people add it to their website, Google sees it and recognizes it as duplicate content. But the first place they read it is on your website. The benefit you're going to get from the article submission sites is the link power. Because when someone picks up your article and adds it on their website, they must use the byline at the bottom of the article. And the byline contains a link to your website. The only other thing, I know you've got a ton of directories. Is DMOS still being edited? Do they, are they still responding? Do you, do you recommend that for the submission of the website, which is dmoz.org, which is the hand-edited directory yeah. submission site, right, that Yahoo started their service off of or whatever, right? Yeah, that's a great question. DMOZ was the original major directory project called the Open Directory Project, dmoz.org. We do still recommend DMOZ. It is still recognized. It's not given quite, you know, it used to be, if you got in DMOZ, and the way it works is there's volunteer editors in, in hundreds and hundreds of categories. Um, our SEO manager, Catherine, is one of the, is an editor for one of the categories. And they're volunteers, so, you know, Catherine's busy. We keep her busy doing blogs and podcast recordings and, and doing SEO. Once a week or so, she goes in and reads the submissions. And if, if she or the other editors approve the submission, they'll add it to DMOZ. If you get added to DMOZ, it's still an incredibly powerful link, both from the Google algorithmic link sense and also if someone DMOZ comes up in a lot of searches, they go to that page all about that category, and they might click on your link and come to your website. So we do still recommend DMOZ. You can expect somewhere between three and six months to get listed in DMOZ because it's a volunteer service. One more up front. Darla. My name is Darla Chavers. Our e-commerce store is OC It Now. We just started in December. <laughs> you were giving out websites. One you said was Word Tracker. What was the other one? Oh, th yeah. These are two really good tools for doing keyword research. The Overture tool has been discontinued as of January 07. It's still a good tool, but it's not going to be as up-to-date. So um, keyword discovery and word tracker. Word tracker is probably number one. Keyword discovery from Trellian is very, very good for local stuff. Seems to be a little bit better for local searches. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Scott Pooler, allbusinessauctions.com. Jay, you know I'm a big fan. Scott. First question is, have you heard of NicheBot? Okay, NicheBot does keyword uh, discovery and word tracker, all built into one tool. And it has a free service that you can use to use before you pay for the service. It combines a lot of different analytics into one place. For everybody else here, I want to say... Good. Can you just spell it? NicheBot, N-I-C-H-E-B-O-T dot com. Great. Thanks, Scott. I'm not an affiliate or anything. I just use it. For everybody else here, you heard a lot of information from Jay. It may have been a little overwhelming. And what he's telling you is try one or two things, and I can positively tell you that it works. I started a blog last November about eBay. It's called the Trading Assistant Journal. It's a free WordPress blog. It doesn't cost me anything in hosting. It doesn't cost me anything to do anything with it. I just put information in it that I extract from the Internet, mainly from listening to this man about how to do things. That blog has been picked up by the New York Times. I get hits through that blog to my main website because of the New York Times picked up one of my articles last January. That's awesome. That blog has been picked up by Auction Bytes, which is our number one journal of eBay news. So now that blog, since November, is already a Google page rank of four. I don't know if you've ever heard of anything that quickly getting to be a page rank That's of four. Great. And, and how are you using it? Is it sending traffic to your store and, and your business? I use it to educate people. I add articles from other blogs. I link to other blogs. And I send it to my main blog from my main website, which is allbusinessauctions.com blog. That blog is the monetized blog, but the free blog, Trading Assistant Journal, is out there just for trading assistants and people interested in eBay and eBay consignment. It's not a, a big money-making blog at all, but it, it generates traffic, and it brings in... I'm, I'm ranked number one or two in several keyword phrases, including Trading Assistant on Google because of that blog, and that's, that's only great. since November. A great story. Yeah. Scott, I'm here today at this conference because you found our podcast, and thank right. you so much for that. How do you use podcasts, and what are some of the things you learn, and how do you apply that learning? 
I listen to podcasts when I'm driving in the car, if I'm going to pick up my daughter. It's better than the radio. I'll, I'll turn on the latest that uh, uh, podcast that's been downloaded to my iPod from iTunes. I listen to internet marketing podcasts. I listen to tech podcasts, many different podcasts. You're a big fan of Leo Laporte, This yeah. Week in Tech. And- this Week in Tech, Leo Laporte, all the gadgets, the gadget gurus, a lot of Photoshop blogs. There are blogs out there that are video blogs that will teach you step-by-step how to edit photos, how to do advanced Photoshop stuff. It is a time issue. Everybody listen to all these things and, and, and spending the time to listen to this stuff. If you were chained to your desk to do it, you just couldn't do it. But when you're in the car and you're going from place to place, if you're driving to Orlando, say, you've got a good solid two hours that nothing else is going on, you turn on the podcast and you learn something. It's a useful activity to spend listening and learning about your business, whatever that business happens to be. I love podcasts. Well, Scott, thank you very much. And I'm standing in the way of lunch now, so thank you all very much. Pleasure being here. Well, a big thank you to Debbie and Scott and everyone in Orlando for participating. Next, let's get to the 10 Golden Rules team. They're going to share the best bits they've been blogging about on the 10 Golden Rules blog. First up, it's Margie. Hi, this is Margie. Have you been Rickrolled? What is being Rickrolled, you might ask? One thing we know for sure about the Internet, it is a place for creativity, surprise, and a hefty dose of shenanigans. This latest Internet prank involves sending someone a link to a video that sounds promising, something you can't wait to see, like Whitney Houston actually smoking crack or Britney having her latest meltdown. But when you click it, you end up at YouTube, where you are subjected to what is surely one of the most cheeseball music videos ever created. It's Rick Astley singing and dancing his heart out to Never Gonna Give You Up, circa 1980. As of this day, the video has been viewed 8,119,029,048 comments. Now that's vi- This is Jeff. I just happened to come across a Newsweek article entitled The Internet, Bah! Hype Alert! Why Cyberspace Isn't and Will Never Be Nirvana. The article goes into many reasons and how the internet is not going to change the world. Some of my favorites. The article speaks about how no online services will replace the daily newspaper. No one wants to read a book on a disc or take a laptop to the beach. The internet has become a wasteland of unfiltered data lacking reviewers or critics, and that there are even those pushing computers into schools, which the article states is a waste. My personal favorite, cyber business, the article states, that we are promised instant catalog shopping. Just point and click for great deals. You'll be able to order online tickets over the network, make restaurant reservations, and there's also even a trustworthy there's going to be a trustworthy way of sending money over the internet. This article was from February 2795 issue of Newsweek. A lot sure has changed in the last 12 years. Uh, the author of the article Clifford Stoll currently works according to Wikipedia selling water over the internet and teaching physics to grade school kids. I wonder what the next 12 years we'll see. Hi, this is Susan, and here are a few time management tips for bloggers. With blogging becoming a full-time or part-time job for people these days, it's definitely a challenge to keep on top of updating your blog with all the other things to do in our everyday lives. We all feel like there isn't enough time in the day, so it's important to make good use of the time we do have. Tip number one, create goals. So you decided to put up your own blog, and you are looking for ways to build more traffic and a larger readership. A small goal such as getting more RSS subscriptions to your blog will make you think of ways you can achieve that goal. Even a small goal will motivate you to improve your blog little by little. My second tip, plan ahead. A great way to keeping fresh content going on your blog is to plan ahead. Create a list of topics and ideas that you know you can write about. You can also create a schedule of when you will post to your blog Fresh content is important, but from past experience, it's better to have quality posts spread throughout the week rather than multiple short posts a day. A final tip, having deadlines. Making deadlines to when a post should go up on your blog is another way to keep your blog flowing with content. Bloggers that run a blog alone tend to be lazy with putting up content, which can become a habit, resulting in an abandoned blog. An example would be posting a blog post by 4 p.m., which will motivate you to get it finished. You'll feel better about yourself that you got the job done. 
Hi, this is Anthony, and my topic today is widgets, which are tripling growth this year. The term that used to just refer to a fictitious product in Economics 101 has become a term for an internet marketing tool that is poised for an exponential growth this year. A web widget is a small module of content that users primarily add to profile pages on social media sites or to blog pages. One example of a widget is a little box you can add to your computer desktop to show the local weather. According to projections from eMarketer, U.S. companies will nearly triple spending from 15 million in 2007 to about 40 million in 2008 to create widgets as well as to promote and distribute them. Widgets are estimated to be used by nearly 50% of the adult internet population and 77% of the teen internet users, according to eMarketer. While web widgets are primarily used by social networkers and bloggers, they are also used by ad networks and affiliate networks to bring in live content including advertisements, links, and images. The embedded code from web widgets can bring in this content without requiring the website owner to update site content. Companies can use web widgets to improve a site using syndicated dynamic content and functionality from the ad and affiliate networks. The growth of widgets should mirror that of social networks, which are forecast to have an ad dollars increase from 920 million in 2007 to reach 1.56 billion. Allison and I am going to discuss five easy steps to get visitors to subscribe to your blog. Number one, have your blog subscription towards the top of your blog where it is clearly visible to all your visitors. You want to make sure your subscription is easily found. If visitors have to go searching to figure out how to subscribe, they are likely going to leave your blog. Number two, if your blog theme is not about anything technical, educate your blog readers with a blog post about what online subscriptions or RSS feeds are. Then, put a link under your subscriptions area linking to this post as a reference. Number three, make sure your blog has a main focus. If your blog discusses too many unrelated topics, your visitors will not know what to expect from your site if they return. Be sure you stick with a theme for your blog so that visitors want to come back to learn more on your topic. Number four, post in forums related to your industry. If you become active in your online community, people might want to learn more about you and start reading your blog regularly. Number five, Post comments on other industry-related blogs. Read other blogs related to your industry and post comments when they seem useful and provide a link back to your blog. The more involved you become online, the more often people rec will recognize your name and want to learn about your blog. Thanks, team. What a great job they do, and, and I learn something every time we do the podcast recordings. Um, everyone's doing a really, really great job collecting really good stuff. So, are you still listening? <laughs> I mean, I guess you are if you're hearing this. One of the things uh, we all wonder about as podcasters is how long people listen to the podcast. I know sometimes if I tune out a little bit, I might switch to a more entertaining show instead of an educational show and come back. So, here's my little test. If you're still listening to the show, I'm going to go into the live book review now of Seth Godin's Meatball Sunday. So, I went on Amazon and I purchased an extra copy of Meatball Sunday because you don't want my copy, because it's all marked up and dog-eared. I put, purchased a new copy of um, Meatball Sunday, Seth Godin's brand new book. And if you're still listening, give me a call or an email. Call our K7 line at 206-888-6606. Or email me, jay at 10goldenrules.com. And if you mention Seth Godin, I'm going to have a drawing before the next show, and um, whoever, uh, you know, I guess, I guess of the first calls... I'll do a drawing, and I'll give away a copy of Meatball Sunday. Now, as I mentioned, the next section of the show is going to be a live book review. I've never done this before, so I don't know how it'll work. But I'm sure if you are a listener of the 10 Golden Rules podcast, you know all about Seth Godin. He's written seven best-selling books. He has the most popular marketing blog in the world. If you haven't read one of his many books before, this is probably a good one to start because he updates many of the themes that he was sort of the breakthrough uh, marketing guy who, who identified themes. Things such as being remarkable and permission marketing. He sort of updates where those are at today in the new me media environment. Now the book is called Meatball Sunday, and Seth absolutely loves provocative titles that make you ask, what's a meatball Sunday? Essentially, meatballs are old world products and services that we use to market in the old-fashioned ways. The Sunday toppings are the new marketing tools and tactics. And Seth explains in the book 
you can't just drop some new marketing tactics onto the old world products and ways. You really need to reinvent your marketing to play in the new media space. Now when I read a business book, I have a habit that I fold up the bottom of the pages that I want to refer to again. This book was so amazing that I folded up 31 of 230 pages. That's got to be a new personal fold to page record. So let me read you a little bit from the book. I'm going to comment from my folded pages. I'm just going to sort of wing it here as I hit some of the folded pages. And we'll see how this goes. I'll see maybe run uh, six, seven minutes, see what happens. So I'm reading from Seth Godin's Meatball Sunday. Maybe this is familiar. It is to me anyways. You go to a marketing meeting. There's a presentation from the new internet marketing guy. He's brought a fancy and expensive blogging consultant with him. She starts talking about how blogs and web 2.0, social media infrastructure, are just waiting for your company to dive in. Try this stuff, she says, and the rest of your competitive structural profit issues will disappear. In the last 10 years, the internet and radical changes in media have provided marketers everywhere with a toolbox that allows them to capture attention with seemingly little effort, planning, or cash. Six years after the dot-com boom, there are more websites, more email users, and more viral ideas online and offline than ever before. There's hundreds of cable TV networks and thousands of online radio stations, not to mention street marketing, email marketing, and MySpace. New marketing, whipped cream and a cherry on top, isn't magical. What's magical is what happens when an organization uses the new marketing to become something it never used to be. It's not just the marketing that's, that's tran transformed but the entire organization. Just as technology propelled certain organizations through the Industrial Re Revolution, this new kind of marketing is driving the right organizations through the Digital Revolution. You can become the right organization. You can align your organization from the bottom up to sync with new marketing, and you can transform your organization into one that thrives on the new rules. The next section comes from the Executive Summary. Seth asks the question, what business are you in? For a century, successful organizations have built around traditional marketing. Marketing was an expensive investment, but it was worth it. Take an average product for average people and spend enough money promoting it, and you were likely to make a significant profit. TV was a miracle worker, and the secrets to leveraging the miracle were an efficient factory, consistent products, and the willingness to spend money to tell people about those products. But he goes on to say that new marketing has really shaken up traditional marketers. First, excessive clutter and dozens of new media alternatives have, have ended the guaranteed effectiveness of television. Just as the old rules were changing, new techniques ranging from websites to Google ads to digital word of mouth came along and picked up the slack. To a, to a traditional marketer, an effective new marketing technique is an even better miracle than TV. Very fast re results at almost no cost. Ask not what the new marketing can do for you. Ask what you can do to thrive with new marketing. Successful organizations got that way by leveraging what worked. They built factories and gave people and media what they wanted in quantity. Average stuff for average people delivered straight from the store to you. I call this a meatball, a commodity, a branded item of little differentiation and decent quality. We've always needed meatballs. Call them staples or commodities or the basic building blocks of civilized society. But we need them advertised and we need them in quantity. Yes, you can still sell plenty of meatballs, but if you're in the meatball business, bad news looms. The media you depended on to sell average stuff to average people is fading. Network TV, newspapers, telemarketing, and cold calling are all in trouble. Tactics from the new marketing are taking the juice out of the old marketing without completely replacing it. Traditional organizations can't thrive if they rely on new marketing to do their old marketing for them. So we're at a crossroads. Down one path is ever-increasing frustration as harried marketing VPs are challenged to use some of that new marketing internet stuff to prop up traditional organizations. Down the other path are nimble, intelligent organizations that are poised and prepared, ready to be propelled by the fresh tactics of new marketing. The new marketing is lousy at selling meatballs. Today, growth comes from an integrated approach, one that combines the new marketing tactics with fundamentally different products and services. Are you stuck with meatballs? Everyone knows how to make and market a meatball. That approach is safe and straightforward, but it doesn't lead to growth anymore. You can't grow with meatballs because they're ubiquitous. The new marketing is whipped cream in a cherry, a collection of techniques that offer huge payoffs. But the new marketing only works for organizations that can get in alignment, stop making meatballs, 
and start making something that goes very well indeed with hot fudge and marshmallow sauce. So that's Seth's description of a meatball sundae. The meatballs are old-fashioned goods and services. The sundae toppings are new media tools. In short, you can't sell traditional goods and services by applying the same approach of volume-bashing media over consumers' heads with new marketing tactics. Let me uh, flip a few more pages here. See how we're doing on time. Got about five more minutes. The new marketing isn't a single event or website or technology. It's based on a combination of more than a dozen trends, each of which is changing the way ideas are perceived and spread. Here are the ideas I'll be referring to throughout the book. Direct communication and commerce between producers and consumers. Extremely short attention spans due to clutter. The long tail. Google and the slicing and dicing of everything. The shift from how many to who. Seth goes on to define old marketing as the act of interrupting masses of people with ads about average products, where new marketing leverages scarce attention and creates interactions among communities with similar interests. Flip a few more pages here. Just a short little bit. I'm arguing that something just shifted, that the new marketing isn't just about technology, is not just an online phenomenon, and it isn't wacky. Not anymore. Amen to that. Um, that was my amen. Um, here's uh, Seth with a sarcastic take on disintermediation. Disintermediation is a term that um, it means the middleman is taken out of the marketplace. And that's really been one of the most significant changes we've seen since 2000 and the death of the, of the, you know, the dot-com boom. A lot of major industries have significantly changed. So here's Seth uh, talking about disintermediation. It's been a decade since the underpinnings of this revolution were put in place. For the last 10 years, ignoring most of what's going on with new marketing wouldn't have hurt you that much. Unless you were a travel agent, now you're out of business. Unless you worked for a newspaper, now you're out of a job. Unless you bought books, now you know the best place to find any title fast and cheap is online. Unless you sold insurance, now you've seen the fat commissions are a thing of the past. One of the other in really interesting things of the book is Seth provides dozens of profiles on new media companies. He, he looks at some of the real breakout success stories and some of the smaller stories we might not have heard of. He talks about Threadless, two entrepreneurs who built a t-shirt business that does more than $20 million a year in revenue and doesn't even have a single artist on staff. You've got to check out Threadless.com. Great website. Uh, he talks about a lawyer who built TechCrunch, a blog that generates a million dollars a year in revenue, and Kiva, the nonprofit organization that raises money in Kansas and funds craftspeople in India without an office in either place. Get a couple more here. Um, Set really wrote the pro, pro, you know, number one book, uh, uh, marketing book in 1995, and it was called Permission Marketing. He really set the tone for the whole permission-based email marketing initiative. And he sums it up here. Permission doesn't exist to help you, the marketer. It exists to help me, the consumer. The moment the messages you send to me cease to be anticipated, personal, and relevant, then you cease to exist in my world. My permission can't be bought or sold. It's non-transferable. I don't care about you, not really. I care about me. If your message has something to do with my life, then perhaps I'll notice, but in general, I don't expect much. Privacy policy, policies in fine print are meaningless to me. When I give you my permission to follow up, we're making a deal, and you're making a promise, an overt and clear promise. If you break that promise, whether or not you're legally in the right, we're finished. I demand your respect. I can get respect from plenty of organizations. So if you disrespect me by mistreating me, by breaking your promise, by cheating or lying, or by undervaluing our relationship, then your history. Very interesting take on permission marketing. Seth describes the YouTube generation. He says that over 7 million visitors um, are, are now available, and each video gives you 10 seconds to catch my attention, and if it works, I'll give you 10 more seconds. I've used the following example before. 
And here's tech, Seth's take on Blend Tech. The folks at Blend Techs have taken advantage of a myriad of new channels of communication by creating a short series of videos called Will It Blend? Each video features Tom Dixon, the CEO of the company, dressed in a white lab suit. Tom's accompanied by really cheesy 1950s music as he proceeds to blend things like golf balls, Coke cans, a rake handle, and credit cards. In one memorable episode, he blends an entire rotisserie chicken with some Coca-Cola to make it drinkable. Okay, great. Um, George Wright, the head of marketing at Blendtec, got the site made. His webmaster posted the videos on YouTube. The total cost about $600, including the cost of buying the video camera. Within five days of the launch of the site, it had spread worldwide and reached hundreds of thousands of people. Viewers to date, more than 62 million people. you got to check that one out. Uh, Blendtec, they recently blend, blended a, an iPhone that was playing video, a video. Um, here's Seth's take on why Google matters. Not since the Yellow Pages has there been a ubiquitous directory that brings together the searchers and the sought. Not only do AdWords show up at the right time, but they're also priced intelligently. The Yellow Pages charge based on the size of the ad, and you paid regardless of whether the ad worked or not. For AdWords, on the other hand, Google charges by the click. This means that the advertiser determines what it's worth to get a visit from an interested, qualified, and motivated consumer, and pays exactly that. If someone else is willing to pay more, they get the traffic instead. The bidding system means that the advertisers with the most motivation pay the most for top billing. At the same time, Google will adjust placement based on how many times an ad is clicked on, your click-through rate. As a result, the ads that run the most are focused, relevant, and beneficial to both sides. While this is clearly, clearly good news for Google, millions of businesses and organizations bidding against each other, with all the money going to Google, it's also great news for marketers, even marketers who don't think of themselves as marketers. Every day, hundreds of millions of people do hundreds of millions of searches on Google. Each search is its own channel. Each search represents a distinct marketing vehicle, a chance for an individual to directly connect with the marketer. Now, the book concludes with several mini new media case studies, and this one's really interesting. The Sick Puppies were a little-known rock group out of Australia. They had no major labor promotion and no airplay. Then a creative soul who calls themselves Juan Man made a video. The video featured a slightly disheveled man in an outdoor shopping mall holding a sign offering free hugs. The video was posted on YouTube. The soundtrack was from the Sick Puppies. The video has been watched more than 6 million times and turned the band's records from cutouts into bestsellers. It's a great video. You want to check that one out. Just search One Man Sick Puppies YouTube. So let me give you one final word from Seth. Um, if the new marketing can be characterized by just one idea, it's this. Ideas that spread through groups of people are far more powerful than ideas delivered at an individual. Social change, education, new product launches, religious movements. It doesn't matter. The story is the same. Movements are at the heart of change and growth. A movement, an idea that spreads with passion through a community and leads to change, is far more powerful than any advertisement ever could be. Well, with that, my recommendation, two thumbs way up for Seth Godin. If you buy any marketing book this year, I think that's the one. And um, as, I, as I mentioned before, give us a call, 206-888-6606. Let me know what you thought of a live book review and a little bit of, of my uh, bad reading. And um, I got a little practice in for the satyrs. So um, let me know what you think, and I will have a drawing and give away a brand new copy of Seth Godin's Meatball Sunday. Well, thank you so much for listening to the show today. That's all we have. We have a big thank you to Larry Port, the joke of the week's getting better and better, a little bit racy this week. Rose Jimenez, Bill Heaton, and Jeff... Ha Herskowitz, thanks so much. Thanks to everyone in Orlando for some great questions. And Kate Volman for, for letting us share her journey to creating her new podcast. I'd love to hear you be a part of the next show. Stop right now. Give us a call, 206-888-6606. What'd you think of the show? Give us some questions and comments. Challenge us. Give us your, your, you know, your toughest internet marketing question. We end every show with a song selection from the Podsafe Music Network. And as some of you probably know by now, I absolutely love live music recordings. This is a rock and roll classic. 
It's Deep Purple singing Woman from Tokyo live. Have a great week, everybody.
Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10 Golden This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster.